The Digital Citizen Podcast is brought to you by ServiceNow in collaboration with Government Executive Media Group's Studio 2G. ServiceNow Industry Solutions transform state, local, and regional governments with a consumer-style experience that's intuitive and secure for your workforce and the people they serve. Check out how ServiceNow can help your agency fuel mission-oriented innovation and accelerate outcomes at servicenow.com. When social distancing measures took effect in 2020, agencies moved quickly to put digital solutions in place that would help them enable and manage secure remote operations for both citizens and staff. Looking out into a post-pandemic world, those remote operations will continue to be key for agencies as they look to manage a hybrid workforce and a population of constituents who are more digitally savvy than ever before. So what does it take to manage a hybrid workforce without creating data silos that can hamstring agencies? And what types of platforms offer agencies the tools they need to meet today's challenges while allowing them room to modernize for tomorrow's needs as well? Those are exactly the questions we're looking to answer on today's episode of The Digital Citizen, a three-part podcast series from ServiceNow in partnership with government executive media groups, Studio 2G. I'm your host, Constance Sayers. Joining me today to talk through these challenges are Chris Dilley, CTO for State and Local Government at ServiceNow, and his colleague, Tom Yates, Global Head of State, Local, and Regional Government Solutions. Tom and Chris, thank you so much for returning to talk with me. Hey, great to be back. Thanks, Constance. Great to be back. So let's just get right into it. Looking out at a post-pandemic world, what should agencies start thinking about in terms of bringing staff back to the office? And in most cases, adjusting to a hybrid workforce. Tom, I'm going to start with you on this question. You had these tools that allowed people to work remotely. Bringing those tools into that workplace is important as well. And that could involve software applications. It could involve giving people access to your cloud-based applications. And I think primarily people are going to start really using this opportunity, if they haven't already, to migrate more and more to the cloud because those applications that have been updating for hours because you just turned your computer back on, we can avoid all of those types of issues if we live in cloud-based applications as much as possible. And I think that also answers that question about keeping the workforce flexible so everyone can be prepared for the next thing that happens. And one thing that you learn if you've been around long enough is that something is going to happen and you don't know what it is. And so I think that focusing on really building out your agility within your communication platform, within your workflow platform is very important. So making sure that you can do that pivot again quickly whether you're bringing everyone back into the office, whether you're bringing some people back into the office, or whether you've just decided to let everyone work remotely. So Chris, we've had these conversations a lot. What do you think? No, I I think you nailed it, Tom. You know, when I think about this, I think about it being seamless. When you think about a hybrid workforce, we need the same experience, whether we're working from home or whether we're working in the office and and how we interact with our peers in the same way. Because sometimes we'll be working with them, you know, physically, sometimes we're working with them virtually. Tom's point about the cloud technologies, cloud technologies enable that because it doesn't care where you're at, you know, whether you're in the office, whether you're in a physical location, you know, with your peers or, or whether you're at home and being able to bridge that, span that 
and keep that experience you know, very similar. The other thing it does, it also enables us to expand the workforce. When we think about people that live within a certain location to be able to work for a certain company, as we think about a hybrid workforce, as we can really extend out where we're drawing that workforce from, that next level of talent, as we bring them into the mix and be able to support those. And what that's going to do is continue to make sure that the government is serving their citizens as well as providing the best work environment. Again, whether it's virtual, whether it's you know in a physical environment or that hybrid approach. And so it really ex- extends what we're doing for the workforce and how we're doing it. It's so funny. I visited our office for the first time in a year and a year and three months yesterday for the first time. And you describe it perfectly, like nothing seems to be working exactly as it was when I was there before. So why is it important to ensure that all employees remote or in the office have the same experience and can communicate and collaborate smoothly? Chris, let's start with you on this. Yeah, I I think we all have some level of anxiety as we think about getting back to the office and, and getting back to that next normal, whatever that is. And so I think we need to have some continuity to that experience. Again, for those employees, whether remote or in the office, And so we can communicate effectively. We can still manage our work effectively. We can have visibility to what we're doing, how we're doing it. And so what that does is it begins to bring down that anxiety because, look, my job hasn't changed whether I'm doing it from my home office or whether I'm doing it in the office and how I interact with my peers. So there is that continuity. There's that familiarity with what our job is. State government has some of the best employees in the world. And how they're supporting those employees and how we can bring down that anxiety, bring down that stress level of getting back to the office, serving their customers the way they used to. And so making sure that we can do that through the right digital experiences, through the right support processes, through whether it's hoteling, managing capacity in the office is going to be important for how we do that. And I think that's going to help us all mentally get back to hopefully the next normal and making sure that it's a smooth transition for getting you know, some part and eventually all of us back in the office in some way, shape, or form. Tom, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm echoing everything that you're saying there. And I also think that as government leaders, you need to be very cognizant of the fact that you don't want to create two classes of workforce. One that is your remote employees that if you don't see them, you don't remember them. When it comes time for performance evaluations, you know, evaluating the quality of their work, et cetera. So there's a large amount of concern that if I work from home, when everyone else comes back to the office, that my career options are going to be limited somehow. And I think if government is truly concerned with equity and with equal treatment and with giving people as broad a career option, as you have in the private sector, because government is competing with the private sector for the most talented people. They have to ensure that their evaluation criteria and processes at the leadership level are consistent, whether that employee is sitting in the office just down the hallway from you or has been working remotely ever since the pandemic started. So I see that as being a critical success factor that government leaders are going to have to deal with in the near term. That's really great. 
And another thing that we may have to deal with, a hybrid workforce brings with it potential for knowledge silos. So what can agencies do to avoid these silos and why should they care? And Tom, I'll start with you on this. Yeah, so what we have seen is there has been a move toward digital government and a move toward a citizen-centered experience model where you're putting yourself in your customer's shoes, basically, and saying, how can I consume this service that is being offered by my department? And so what we've seen, especially in the last year, is a lot of agencies looking at extending their services digitally. And we also see a lot of organizations looking to aggregate those services. So creating a consumer-grade experience where I have one place to go to be able to not only find those services, but now I can have one login to request those services so I can return there to check the status of those services that I'm being offered, regardless of the department or agency that's offering it. It's kind of that Amazon model where I don't know who is actually going to be delivering this TV that I ordered. I ordered it on Amazon because it met my criteria. So I went online, I found a service that I would like to apply for, whether it's a continuing education license, whether it's a camping permit, it might even be benefits that I need because I'm unemployed and I need unemployment benefits to have that single place to go to consume those services. And you don't wanna really focus on ripping and replacing your core systems Certainly not at this point, because I think people are stressed and budgets are stretched. And so if you can improve that citizen experience layer, if you can improve that employee's experience at the workflow level, while having a platform that can communicate with those systems of record in real time to keep that information updated, so that you don't have to focus in the data center on ripping and replacing. I think that is really important. And we're seeing a number of our customers in state and local government looking at that as a priority. So up-leveling that citizen experience, up-leveling their employee experience, especially the employees that are working remotely or hybrid, while really just focusing on maintaining those core systems of record. I think we were all in this together over the last year. And I think employees companies got very good at sharing information because it was easy for it to, to be out of sight, out of mind. And they, we all had to work together to make sure we shared that information. And so I think making sure that we still follow those good best practices, those good habits that we picked up of sharing information, how we support each other, how we support our customers. And I think what that does, it just makes a better customer experience. And what they're finding, what we're hearing from some of our customers is as they've adopt some of this digital information, this knowledge sharing approach, it's really changed the experience uh, for employees as well as for the citizens and really uh, reduced the amount of workload because it makes it much easier to find the information that they need to do their job and to support their customers. That's really great. How can ServiceNow solutions help agencies serve employees and constituents effectively as they look out to what is the next normal? Chris, I'll keep going with you a little bit on this question. There are so many ways that ServiceNow and just the incredible stories and use cases that have come out about how we've helped agencies, whether it's providing you know, visibility to, to their services, providing a one-stop shop to where employees can go to get the support, get the help that they need as they're standing up their home offices, as they're doing what they need to do to, 
do their jobs and serve their citizens. And one of the, my favorite examples that not only helping the constituents is, you know, making those digital services available, you know, in the state of Tennessee, they've actually been able to evolve in what they're doing from a citizen first approach and making sure that those citizen benefits can be scheduled, can be coordinated, can be applied for electronically, and then have that information routed effectively to the right people, to the right resources that have capacity to serve those citizens based on their situation, based on that contextual experience. So what that's done is it really changes the expectation of the citizen. It also changes how those employees work and that it shows that they can work from anywhere. And it also shows that we're bridging that gap between being in a physical office and being in a virtual environment, but still making sure those citizens are getting the benefits that they need to make sure that they're they're staying safe, staying healthy, and get them what they need to move forward. But you know, we have a lot of examples that ServiceNow is really helping government transition, help modernize. So many of government's processes had been developed years ago and technologies had been developed years ago, and they didn't scale, they didn't bridge that digital divide that they really need to serve the employees. And so again, we've seen a great pivot on what you can do with a digital platform and how you can provide those services and up-level those. Tom, anything to add on that one? Yeah, I think those are great examples. And one of the things that I was really proud about being at ServiceNow as the pandemic started was the way we took our platform and we actually showed people the platform agility and how important that was and how having that low-code, no-code development platform allows you to pivot quickly. So we worked with the Washington State Department of Health to actually build out some vaccine administration management capabilities. So if you think about when the pandemic hit, Washington State was like ground zero for this. They had people who needed to be tested. So they had to stand up testing sites all over the state. And it becomes a logistical and coordination effort. And that is typically managed inside agencies by spreadsheets and emails and phone calls. We were able to work with the Department of Health and build out a core application that just gave them what they needed to do to get this job done, which is make sure that they had the right people in the right locations with the right equipment at the right time and give the citizens a way to schedule appointments to go in and get their COVID tests. So it sounds really simple, but the fact that we were able to do that in a matter of a few weeks, as opposed to months or years, I think really was helping to save lives. So that's something that I'm really proud of. But what it also does is it shows you how having that platform that has these capabilities baked into it for workflows, for appointment scheduling, for omni-channel engagement is so important. We have the capabilities to have an employee who is working remotely have a soft phone so that they can take telephone calls as well as responding to emails and live chat or even take over from one of our virtual agent chats when the person is not satisfied with the results they're getting from the chat bot and they want to talk to a human. They can press a button that says, I want to talk to a human and it bounces you over to this person who might be working remotely, they might not be working remotely. So having that agility in the platform, I think is key as you're looking for what this next normal is, because one thing that I know is that no one knows what the next normal is going to be. 
So fascinating. I could talk about this um, all day, but that is all the time we have. So Tom and Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And thanks to our listeners of this second installment of The Digital Citizen. This podcast is the production of Government Executive Media Group Studio 2G in collaboration with ServiceNow. Tune in next time when we talk about what tools and technologies will help agencies to evolve their digital strategy and modernize for the future. The Digital Citizen Podcast is brought to you by ServiceNow in collaboration with Government Executive Media Group's Studio 2G. To learn more about how ServiceNow can help your agency transform, visit servicenow.com.